Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate wickedly smart women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our special guest, Rosie Pova. She is a multi-published, award-winning children's author, speaker, and writing coach on a mission to inspire children not only to read and write more, but to use their creativity, follow their passions, dream big, and believe in themselves. Rosie visits schools and shares her inspirational journey as an immigrant from Bulgaria and how she became a published author encouraging kids to persist, push through rejections, and hold a high vision for themselves. Rosie's upcoming picture book, Sunday Rain, will be released in the fall of 2020, and it's a story that celebrates imagination, the love of books, and new friendships. And I had the opportunity to meet Rosie in person at the National Publicity Summit in October of 2019. And here we are today. Rosie, I'm so excited that you're here. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Thank you, Emerald. I'm delighted and honored to be a guest. Well, you know, I think that uh, I do want to let people know that we're recording this now in the time of the coronavirus shutdown. And even though the podcast is evergreen and there might be people listening to this two or three or four years from now, there's some things that are immediately present for me and that, you know, this has been your livelihood to go speaking at schools, and now the schools are closed. So I just want to say thank you for showing up and continuing to serve in other ways, even though you have been probably removed of some of your normal way of generating revenue in your business. So I just want to say thank you for that. And I want to acknowledge that. And I want to honor you for that, Rosie, because some people could just go crawl under a rock and cry. And so you're here. And I'm really glad that you're here. Thank you, Emerald. Uh, That's very kind of you. And you are absolutely correct. Uh, That did happen. And a lot of uh, my school visits got canceled because of the coronavirus, of course. And that was unfortunate because it gives me such joy uh, to visit, interact with the readers. It's just the high of my career. And (laughs) I just got stuck um, a little bit. But I try to make the most out of it and not focus on the negative. So there's always things to be done and be positive and productive. That's beautiful. Well, I want to talk to you specifically about channeling your creativity, because clearly that's something that is part of who you are. You know, you're a writer and you have created multiple children's books. What is the thing that got you started in that direction? Like, how did you get, did you get called? Is this something that came from your own childhood? Were you like making little books when you were a kid? Tell us a little bit about your own kind of journey to where you are right now. And specifically, let's talk about the creative path that you've been on. 
Yes, and I would say all of the above because I've always uh, liked writing and reading, and those were my passions even uh, when I was a child. Um, mostly poetry and short stories, essays and stuff like that. I was into literature and foreign languages. Those are my things. I didn't do math well, <laughs> no chemistry for me, but writing has always been a passion. And I've written in my native Bulgarian, then in French. When I went to French school, I've always been creative and crafty, and those were my favorite things to do. But then I remember in... Um, French language school, the first year I got in, there was um, a short story that we were supposed to do, and I won first prize. So that was exciting, and the car, you know, gave me a little bit of confidence that um, maybe I'm onto something. You know, as a teenager, I kind of got distracted maybe, and then as an adult, I moved out of Bulgaria, um, started a brand new life <laughs> in um, North America. Uh, so I had to work for a while, but then after I had my first child and I started reading picture books to her, I just reconnected with that passion, and I thought, why not write my own? And then it just flooded into me all of a sudden, and once I got started, I couldn't stop. That was the creative part of me that had been asleep maybe, and all of a sudden, you know, it bursted out of me. <laughs> so that, that became a dream uh, and a passion to get published and maybe do this as a business. But of course, it wasn't easy path. Since I was an immigrant, English is my fourth language, I had a lot to learn. And with a small child, and then I had two more <laughs> in a business, <laughs> my husband started a plumbing business that I was part of. It was very challenging. Plus, you know, it kind of seemed to a lot of people as a pipe dream because maybe I should just get a normal job and, and do something else. <laughs> but I couldn't let it go. And I just kept writing and kept learning the craft, the business, and it just progressed from there. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Well, I want to just pick up where you said about the pipe dream. And, um, you know, what I'm hearing there is that you actually were giving a lot of value to your own vision right? And so many people, you know, I think they just ignore their dreams or they hide them or they put them off to the side and say it's going to be later or they do the practical thing like getting a job. And so I just really want to appreciate you for valuing your vision. And I'd like to ask you, you know, were there things that you did for yourself to keep moving forward with your vision? Were there practices that you engaged in to be able to, you know, stay committed to your dream? Uh, yes, there were a lot of things. And, and what I learned was, you know, nobody was going to knock on my door one day and tell me, I'm going to take care of all of your housework for you and watch your kids and tell me what you need so you can make your dream come true. So that person had to be me. If I didn't believe in myself, you know, who else would? Uh, so I came to that conclusion and I said, why am I waiting for someone or something to happen and that wake up call to come? and you know, not do anything about it. So that was the first thing, you know, I realized that if I commit to my dream, and, and that goes for everyone, just commit to your dream, and the universe will light up a path for you to uh, reach it. So that was the first step for me. 
And then learn to say no. No to the distractions, the TV, the toxic people, the naysayers, things that you don't want to do, but you're kind of forced or someone is demanding of you. Just say no to those things. But more importantly, allow yourself to shout yes to the opportunities, the possibilities, and your desires and dreams. And that's what I did. And I, um, as busy as I was, you know, I had to say, that I need to find time to work on my dreams. If it meant to wake up at 5 a.m. in the morning and write for two hours before I get started with my business and take the kids to school, you know, that would have been my time in the quiet house while everyone else is asleep because that gave me such satisfaction. And then my day was different because I worked on my dream. And then I said, I will invest in myself. You know, I will go to conferences, I will take workshops, I'll learn the craft. It's something that I can do. And that's within my control. You know, what I learn and what I do with that is within my control. And I'm not going to wait for someone to make it happen for me. So I just followed that path. And that was, you know, the more I did it, the more I realized it's the way to go. Beautiful, Rosie. Well, now I remember exactly why I wanted you to be on the show, because you're the kind of person that shouts yes and invests in yourself. This is beautiful. I want to talk to you about how you inspire kids. Is some of this mindset, some of this philosophy that you are kind of living your own life by, follow your dreams and commit to them and say yes to the things that matter and say no to the things that you need to get off of your radar screen and investing in yourself. Are these some of the philosophies that you are incorporating into your children's books? I'm not sure what age range your your books are. Forgive me for not having that information in front of me. So I'd love to hear kind of a little bit of what you are transmitting from your own well of wisdom to the kids that get an opportunity to have the books that you produce. Yes, that's a great question. And I do. Um, I definitely uh, try to incorporate that into the stories that I write. But more importantly, when I go to schools and, you know, visit with them uh, for author visit, I share my my journey as an immigrant and what I went through and the obstacles. And I want to inspire kids and encourage them. And, And I always tell them that if I can do it, they can do it. You know, we can always make excuses, but how about, you know, look for the opportunities, look for the positive and ask ourselves, how can I do this? Not, I can't do this. And that's what I did. So there's always going to be obstacles and people who say no. And I give so many examples of rejection, even famous authors like Kate DiCamillo, she got over 400 rejections and, and then she didn't stop. And I tell them about my own rejections and how I, you know, Of course, you can be devastated and and it's hurtful, but what if you say, I can do something about it? What can I do about it? And then go about it that way. So I try to um, really encourage them and inspire them. And I said, listen, you know, English is not even my second language. And still it was, it was crazy, you know, to think that I would be a published author coming to this country as an adult. I didn't get to go to school here and I have three kids and a business and it was crazy busy, right? (laughs) But I just couldn't let go. And that was my dream. That's why today I get to do what I really love and I'm excited about. That's beautiful. Well, we are about at the break. So we're going to pause right here. But one of the things that I do want to underscore before we go to the break that I've heard out of Rosie's mouth 
two or three times here is she's not waiting around. And waiting is actually one of the five ways that women ward off wealth, waiting on somebody to come and rescue them, waiting on somebody to knock on the door and say, hi, I'm the book fairy and I've chosen you to be the children's book author, waiting for maybe the husband to give permission or the mom to give permission or waiting on the lottery to be uh, financing you with money. So waiting on everybody else, you know, like just taking care of everybody else's dreams and putting yours to the side. She's really underscoring here this no waiting idea. And so I just want to, uh, I want to highlight that before we go to the break. And I also want to let everyone know that we have a new quiz for you, Wickedly Smart Women, which is at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And with that quiz, you can find out what your wealth readiness is. And if you're interested, you can purchase our Welcoming Wealth mini course where we discover not just the waiting issue as one of the five ways that we ward off wealth, but you'll also discover the other four ways that we ward off wealth as well. So please go to quiz.wealthylifementor.com if that's of interest to you. I do want to thank all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We are welcoming thousands of downloads from all over the world. We are now at 39 countries. Let me see if Bulgaria is on my list. And if it's not, we should shout out to Bulgaria and get them on the list. Yes. Let me see who we want to shout out to today. I see on the list that we want to shout out today to the Netherlands and to Slovenia, which is oh, somewhere in the neighborhood yeah. of Bulgaria. Well, close enough. <laughs> Bulgaria's not there on the list yet, but we'll, we'll shout out to Slovenia, which is on the list. And we will be right back with Rosie J. Poha. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by The Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by women in transition, women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your wealthy life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And we are back with Rosie J. Pova. You can find out more about Rosie, her speaking, her writing, her books at rosiejpova.com. That's rosiejpova.com. We will have that information for you in the show notes. So I want to talk to you right now, Rosie, about, you know, kind of what happens for you when suddenly everything that's going along beautifully, right? You're a children's author, you're multi-published, you're speaking at schools, it's your favorite part to be in front of the kids reading your books, and now that's not happening anymore. So what do you do to kind of ignite your creative engine and make some decisions about what you're going to do specifically during this time 
where schools are closed and who knows when they're going to open again. Yes, but like I said, no wasting time. So there's always a way to be productive and be prepared and proactive uh, with your business and your products and presentations. So what I've been doing is a lot of revisions, getting my news stories to be um, ready for submission, writing news stories, revising my presentations and making sure that they're also ready for whenever the new school year starts. Um, hopefully we'll get those bookings back. And the other thing is I've always had something in the back of my mind and meaning to do. And those were workshops for writers just to pay it forward, to spread the good vibes and give other people the opportunities to advance their careers. And that was actually the perfect time to get together a workshop with a random house editor, which I'm going to be hosting in February of next year. And that is in-person workshop in Dallas, Texas for writers. It's a great opportunity to, to really get into the craft and business. And there'll be a lot of good bonuses with that uh, workshop. So I'm really excited about that. Beautiful. I love it. You're like the uh, the saying is coming into my head, the rolling stone gathers no moss. <laughs> You're just like a rolling stone. You just keep right on rolling. I love that. And I love your confidence in yourself and your confidence in your work and your confidence in your creativity. So I want to um, now ask you a question about how do you know when to let go of things that aren't serving anymore. Like in this case, it's been taken away because of the coronavirus, but sometimes when we build a business and when we pursue a dream, we get to the apex of that dream and then it's time to maybe dream a new dream. Are you in that phase yet or have you gone through that phase at any point? And if so, how do you know what to let go of and how to let go of what doesn't serve anymore? Yes, and that is very important to know also, because if we just get stuck and uh, fixated on one thing that it turns out not to be working over and over and over, and that is not a healthy, productive thing to do. Um, so it is very important to know when, when to let go. So that's an excellent question. I try not to dwell on the negative things that are happening because I know that I would I will stay in control and uh, the things that are happening are for a reason and when one door shuts you know <laughs> another one opens so you can always adjust and pivot and do something else uh, so if it feels like it's frustrating and you know gives you that negative energy just just let go of it and say it's a blessing, actually, because I'm taking this and using this time. There's been so many good things in, in this time of, you know, a shelter at home. And, and I'm just really grateful for those things. And I focus on those. They make me happy. So they make me productive. My creativity is going. I'm working on the things that I'm excited about and um, just always new things. So it's important to let go and not get frustrated. Mm, beautiful. I love that how much you value your creativity too, because a lot of times what can happen is we suppress our creativity. And then when we have things like this happen, we don't have that to rely on to give us the, you know, kind of the momentum to move in new directions. So I really appreciate that. I want to talk a little bit because you mentioned before we went to the break about investing in yourself for help to get help. So I'd love to know your process around that and how you go about knowing 
what is yours to do and then what you need help with, whether it's help in the form of a team or help in the form of a mentor or coach for yourself. Like, how do you assess what's yours to do and where you need help and how to get that help? Yes. Well, I look at my goals and try to decide what are the five steps that I need to take immediately to get me closer to my goals. And if it's a craft thing, I know that that's within my control. When I was writing, you know, if I struggle with something, I figured out I can't do it myself. I need help. So I found critique groups. I found the workshops, seminars, and all that with people who are much more advanced than me. And so they're teachers, mentors, I know that I needed that help. So I would go there. That would take me in that direction. So every time I evaluate, it's just, would that get me closer to my goal? And how? And in how much time? And is it worth the investment? Mm -hmm. So, and that, you know, it's an easy answer. I know what I need to do. And the more I research, the clearer the picture becomes. So, and I do those things. Beautiful. I love it. So Rosie, I'd love to have you talk a little bit about your books and, you know, let's talk about, you know, who are the moms or maybe dads. This is Wickedly Smart Women. So I'm thinking it's mostly moms that are listening to this show. Who are the people that are going to best be served by your books? And what kids are going to be best served by your books? Who do you see in your mind's eye reading your books to their children? Well, moms, kids who like uh, to use their imagination, smart kids, uh, lively kids who are not afraid to be creative and uh, a little, you know, crazy with their creativity, but also go deep into, you know, deeper conversations with their parents uh, about the world, about, you know, fears they might have, or just the deeper meaning of life. So those are the kids, but also just to be uh, entertained with a good story. Beautiful. I love it. All right. So if there was one thing that you wanted to let the Wickedly Smart Women audience know, either about writing, creativity, your books, your upcoming uh, workshop that's happening in Dallas in February, if there's one final thing that you'd like to let the audience know about Rosie J. Pova, what would that be? I just want to uh, inspire all women listening to follow their dreams, find that passion and say yes to it, just like I did. And if that happens to be writing, I can probably be of help. And I would love to invite anyone who has any interest in writing children's books to reach out to me and uh, come to the workshop. Uh, it would be a pleasure. And I promise you it will be a, like a boot camp for you if that was one of your dreams. Also, think about, I always talk about moms, especially setting a good example for their kids, because as you said, we always put everyone else's needs first and uh, we try to serve and all that, but we encourage the kids to follow their passions and dreams because as moms, of course, we want the best for them. Are we giving that example? Are we leading by example? Are we doing the same and that was another thing that I wanted to show my kids that I am going after my dream and I'm working on it and I will just be committed. Beautiful. I love that. So there's one other little question that's just kind of dancing around my head. And that is, you know, if there is somebody out there in the audience who has this dream to write children's books, 
a lot of times people don't go after their dreams because they're afraid that they're not going to make enough money. So could you talk just a little bit about kind of that part of the, of the children's book industry, the children's book process? Can you talk just a little bit about that so that for anybody who's listening who might be concerned about, well, I'd really like to write children's books, but it's not going to put the food on the table kind of thing if they have that thought in their mind. Can you just give them some um, encouragement around that? Yes, of course. It is a tough business. I'm not going to lie about that. It's a tough business to break into. But also, it's not just the selling of books. The business, as we talked about, it, I do a lot of school visits. I host workshops. I offer critiques. So uh, there's always a way to make money while you're working on your dream and getting published. There's a lot of waiting. A book, when a book is acquired, it will take two years for a picture book to come out of the market and be available for sale. So those two years, of course, you, you have to put on the table, but you can do a lot of other things to support yourself. Beautiful. Well, and what I'm hearing there too is if it takes two years to get a picture book out on the market, you probably want to be spending those two years figuring out other ways that you're going to be making money rather than just from the direct sales of the book because you've got to be willing to wait for two years for that. All right. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for coming, Rosie. It's been my pleasure to have you. I'm so grateful for your presence on the planet and your positive energy that you're sending out there to the kids that are reading your books. Thank you so much for that. Listeners, we do love feedback. Please let us know what you thought of today's show or send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. Thanks for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.